extremely thankful when a diversion occurred which took me away from home the story of my defence of marais fontaine had spread far and that of my feats of shooting especially in the goose kloof still farther so the end of it was that those in authority commandeered me to serve in one of the continual kaffir frontier wars which was in progress and instantly gave me a commission as a kind of lieutenant in a border corps now the events of that particular war have nothing to do with the history that i am telling so i do not propose even to touch on them i served in it for a year meeting with many adventures one or two successes and several failures once i was wounded slightly twice i but just escaped with my life once i was reprimanded for taking a foolish risk and losing some men twice i was commended for what were called gallant actions such as bringing a wounded comrade out of danger under a warm fire mostly of assegais and penetrating by night almost alone into the stronghold of a chieftain and shooting him at length that war was patched up with an inconclusive peace and my corps was disbanded i returned home no longer a lad but a man with experience of various kinds and a rather unique knowledge of kaffirs their languages history and modes of thought and action also i had associated a good deal with british officers and from them acquired much that i had found no opportunity of studying before especially i hope the ideas and standards of english gentlemen i had not been back at the mission station more than three weeks quite long enough for me to begin to be bored with idleness and inactivity when that call for which i had been waiting came at last one day a smoose that is a low kind of white man often a jew who travels about trading with unsophisticated burrs and kaffirs and cheating them if he can called at the station with his cart full of goods i was about to send him away having no liking for such gentry when he asked me if i were named alan quatermain i said yes whereupon he replied that he had a letter for me and produced a packet wrapped up in sailcloth i asked him whence he had it and he answered from a man whom he had met at port elizabeth an east coast trader who hearing that he was coming into the craddock district entrusted him with a letter the man told him that it was very important and that i should reward the bearer well if it were delivered safely when the jew talked i think he was a jew i was opening the sailcloth within was a piece of linen which had been oiled to keep out water addressed in some red pigment to myself or my father this too i opened not without difficulty for it was carefully sewn up and i found within it a letter packet also addressed to myself or my father in the handwriting of marie great heaven how my heart jumped at that sight calling to hands to make the smooth comfortable and give him food i went into my own room and there read the letter which ran thus my dear alan i do not know whether the other letters i have written to you have ever come into your hands or indeed if this one will still i send it on chance by a wandering portuguese half-breed who is going to delagoa bay about fifty miles i believe from the place where i now write near the crocodile river my father has named it marais fontaine after our old home if those letters reached you you will have learned of the terrible things we went through on our journey the attacks by the kaffirs in the zuspanberg region who destroyed one of our parties altogether and so forth if not all that story must wait for it is too long to tell now 
and indeed I have but little paper, and not much pencil. It will be enough to say, therefore, that to the number of thirty-five white people, men, women, and children, we trekked at the beginning of the summer season, when the grass was commencing to grow, from the Leidenberg district, an awful journey over mountains and through flooded rivers. After many delays, some of them months long, we reached this place about eight weeks ago, for I write to you at the beginning of June, if we have kept correct account of the time, of which I am not certain. It's a beautiful place to look at, a flat country of rich veld, with big trees growing on it, and about two miles from the great river that is called the Crocodile. Here, finding good water, my father and Hernan Pereira, who now rules in all things, determined to settle, although some of the others wished to push on, nearer to Delagoa Bay. There was a great quarrel about it, but in the end my father, or rather Hernan, had his will. As the oxen were worn out, and many had already died from the bites of a poisonous fly, which is called the tsetse fly, so we lotted out the land, of which there is enough for hundreds, and began to build rude houses. Then trouble came upon us. The Kaffirs stole most of our horses, although they have not dared to attack us, and except two belonging to Hernan, the rest died of the sickness, the last of them but yesterday. The oxen, too, have all died of the tsetse fly bites or other illnesses. But the worst is that although this country looks so healthy, it is poisoned with fever, which comes up, I think, in the mists from the river. Already out of the thirty-five of us, ten are dead, two men, three women, and five children, while more are sick. As yet my father and I and my cousin Pereira have, by God's mercy, kept quite well. But although we are all very strong, how long this will continue I cannot tell. Fortunately we have plenty of ammunition, and the place is thick with game, so that those of the men who remain strong can kill all the food we want. Even shooting on foot, and we women have made a great quantity of biltong by salting flesh and drying it in the sun, so we should not actually starve for a long while, even if the game goes away. But, dear Alan, unless help comes to us, I think that we shall die every one. For God alone knows the miseries that we suffer, and the horrible sights of sickness and death that are around us. At this moment there lies by me a little girl who is dying of fever. Oh, Alan, if you can help us, do so. Because of our sick, it is impossible for us to get to Delagoa Bay. And if we did, we have no money to buy anything there. For all that we had with us was lost in a wagon in a flooded river. It was a great sum, for it included Hernan's rich fortune, which he brought from the Cape with him in gold. Nor can we move anywhere else, for we have no cattle or horses. We have sent to Delagoa Bay, where we hear these are able to be had, to try and buy them on credit. But my cousin Hernan's relations, of whom he used to talk so much, are dead or gone away, and no one will trust us. With the neighbouring Kaffirs, too, who have plenty of cattle, we have quarrelled since. Unfortunately, my cousin and some of the other Burrs tried to take certain beasts of theirs without payment, so we are quite helpless and can only wait for death. Alan, my father, says that he asked your father to collect some monies that were owing to him. If it were possible for you or other friends to come to Delagoa in a ship with that money, I think that it might serve to buy some oxen, enough for a few wagons. Then perhaps we might trek back and fall in with a party of Boers, 
who we believe have crossed the Quathlamba Mountains into Natal. Or perhaps we might get to the bay and find a ship to take us anywhere from this horrible place. If you could come, the natives would guide you to where we are. But it is too much to hope that you will come, or that if you do come, you will find us still alive. Alan, my dearest, I have one more thing to say, though I must say it shortly, for the paper is nearly finished. I do not know, supposing that you are alive and well, whether you still care for me, who left you so long ago. It seems years and years, but my heart is where it was, and where I promised it should remain, in your keeping. Of course Hernan has pressed me to marry him, and my father has wished it, but I have always said no, and now in our wretchedness there is no more talk of marriage at present, which is the one good thing that has happened to me. And Alan, before so very long I shall be of age, if I live. Still, I dare say you no longer think of marriage with me, who perhaps are already married to someone else, especially as now I and all of us are no better than wandering beggars. Yet I have thought it right to tell you these things, which you may like to know. Oh, why did God ever put it into my father's heart to leave the Cape Colony, just because he hated the British government, and Hernan Pereira and others persuaded him? I know not. But, poor man, he is sorry enough now. It is pitiful to see him. At times I think he is going mad. 